Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bruh is a Murder. This is a podcast that highlights cases involving people of color and LGBTQ plus people of color. Usually I'm with my co-host Ox Acevedo, but we are both deploying this week. So right now we are unable to, you know, arrange our normal time of co-hosting an episode together. So I'll be doing this special episode by myself again, but at the tail end of the episode, you will still hear him because he has a new mini series coming out. He's calling Bruh is an Artist. Like every month, I do a crappy pasta. He will do a interview with a musical artist because, you know, we have musical artists on our show and we love our artists. They are part of our show. It will make us so special. So to show a specific artist some love each month, they will get their own interview and their own episode. It will be a miniseries aside from our normal bi-weekly show. So the first installment will be at the end of this episode. So make sure you listen and check that out. Now, the case I am bringing to you is the unsolved murder of Ryan Singleton. A potential murder mystery 2,000 miles away leaves an Atlanta family with a lot of heartbreaking questions. Tonight, a Mabelden mother searches for answers about her son's death, including why internal organs were missing from his body. Five George Franco joining us from Control A with tonight's top story. George. Deidre and Russ, 24-year-old Ryan Singleton left Metro Atlanta in early July to chase his dream of becoming an actor or model in Hollywood. Instead of dreams coming true, his mother is now living a nightmare, wondering about her son whose body turned up near one of the most inhospitable places on earth, Death Valley, California. Unresolved murders and cases are fairly common. The history of the United States is littered with murder cases where the authorities have never found answers and have little connection to anything that can help solving the misery. Some of these cases are normally very creepy while others are not creepy but just puzzling. The killers of the murder victims normally execute their mission so well leaving nothing to chance, thus making it really difficult to understand why they committed the offense or even prosecuting them. A good example is a recent unsolved case of Ryan Singleton. Singleton is a 23-year-old model and aspiring actor who held from Georgia and disappeared on his way back from Nevada in 2013. It would take 75 days since his reported missing for his body to be found. All that while, searches were being conducted everywhere to try and find him, dead or alive, with little clue coming in a way where he could possibly disappear to. Losing someone is always tough for the family. It's always a moment of grief and sorrow. However, when someone disappears in a manner which Singleton disappeared, finding him dead or alive becomes a celebration. For his case, however, it was nothing but a celebration because of the nature of which his body was finally found. Singleton was a highly motivated young man who recently tried to pursue his dream of becoming a star. It is this dream that took him to New York and later Hollywood to pursue his fame. In the spring of 2013, Singleton returned home to Georgia, and this is where the mystery begins. Singleton asked his mother to tell him whether something bad was going to happen to him. This question puzzled his mother. After a brief stay at home in Georgia, he decided to fly to Los Angeles, where he rented a car and drove himself to Vegas. After his stay in Vegas, 
Singleton called his mom, telling her that he was coming back home and asked if he could, if she could send him $100, which he kept in his room. Something that his mom did promptly. I mean, most mothers who have the money, even if they don't have it, if their kid asks them for 100 bucks in need, they're most likely going to give it to them. Shortly afterwards, his mother received a phone call from Singleton's ex-girlfriend telling her that Singleton's life would be in danger, even though she didn't tell her what the danger was. That turned out to be the last time Singleton was heard from alive. And Las Vegas. She says his car was found in the Death Valley Desert a few miles from Baker. He was last seen at a gas station in Baker in July. His body discovered a month later. It is alleged that he was flagged down by Hire Patrol on his way back home, who, after unsuccessfully searching his car that he rented, dropped him off at a gas station where he then vanished. However, officials from the California Hire Patrol and Nevada Hire Patrol denied that any officers had the point taken Singleton in, stating that they had no record of him being flagged down. The question, therefore, is could the killer have posed as a Hire Patrol and kidnapped Singleton? What did his ex-girlfriend know about the murder, since she had called the mother and told her that Singleton's life was in danger? What could be the motive of the killing, and why did Singleton hire a car to drive himself to Vegas? These questions, difficult as they may be, are the ones which play a part in making the murder of Singleton even more mysterious. According to Singleton's mother, her body was found without vital organs, including the liver, kidney, eyes, and heart. I said, there were no organs. He said, ma'am, there were no eyes, there was no heart, there was no lungs, there was no liver, there were no kidneys. The San Bernardino County Coroner's Office says right now there is no cause of death. The body was severely decomposed. Animals might have been involved. The case has been sent to the Specialized Case Division because it deserves more attention than we can give. While it's unclear where the organs have gone, the mother suggested that the organs could have been taken away to be sold on the black market. Cases of human organs being sold in the black market are not new. Some humans decide to convert fellow humans into fodder, which they can harvest their organs and sell them. Such cases have been on the rise in recent years. Her mother's claims that her son's organs could have been sold to the black market is supported by the fact that autopsy reports suggest that there is no chance that the organs could have been eaten by wild animals. Logically, it is also impossible that wild animals could have carefully removed specific organs from the human body. The theory that Singleton's organs could have been sold in a black market therefore holds a lot of water and is a real possibility. As with many mysterious murder cases, Singleton's murder has little chance of ever being solved. The murder is still recorded as unresolved, with the authorities declaring that there is very little chance that they will ever make progress in finding exactly how Singleton was killed and who his killer was. The most likely avenue, according to them, is that where someone comes forward and confesses to either have been part of the murder or have witnessed the killing themselves. The chances of that, however, diminishes as each day passes because this murder happened six years ago. Ms. Flowers says the coroner's office has released her son's remains. Now she wants to conduct an independent investigation to find out why he's dead. The hardest part for me is not knowing, not getting any answers, um, and trying to get him home so we can bury him. The question, therefore, everyone keeps asking is, what was the reason of the killing, and where is his organs? Could this have been yet another case of organ harvesting like his mother suggested? 
What did the ex-girlfriend know about the murders and what happened when he was dropped off at the gas station by the higher patrol? As days pass, the chances of Singleton's family getting answers to these questions become slimmer and slimmer. Singleton's murder is not an isolated case of mysterious murder cases to have been reported in the United States. If you listen to this, you're probably a true crime fan, so you can probably rattle off a hundred unsolved murder cases that you know. There are so many cases and so many that are more bizarre than Singleton's. But how often do you get to hear a person of color have a bizarre case that gets brought to light like this? It remains to be seen whether the investigators will be able to uncover any of those mysterious murder cases, and not just Singleton's, and whether answers to where Singleton's organs have disappeared can be answered. Maybe a crackdown or the organs black market that Singleton's mother alleges could be a good starting point. So as of today, we have no answers to who did it and where his organs went. But hopefully in the coming months, even years that we'll be able to do a case update where someone comes forward or we have some kind of answers. But this is not our only case involving the black market. After our break, I will get into another case about another death that involves some black market behavior. Well, not behavior, but you know, black market shopping. So stick around and I'll see you after the break. The sliz type faded like the very top of Wiz wife. First off, I'm capital R, AW, that's all. Every single thing I do is fucking raw. But you can call it sushi, that fucking sushi, that fucking sushi, that 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 sushi, that fucking sushi. That fucking sushi, that sushi, that fucking sushi. Uh, fuck you, this Rob House. I'm the king, just bow wow. You try to act grown, but nobody respects it, man. You remind me of bow wow. No beef, throw the cow wow. They pull a mild out. I know Flip got a loud pouch. I know Sand got a bottle with two. If not, I do. Fuck it, let's wild out. Let's pile out. Throw fries out. After that, find out what a thigh's about. I'm a champion before I hop in the ring. Bet them niggas already threw the towel out. Every time I spit, mild drought. You ain't fit for the league. Go to timeout. Just a player in the game who been hands on your bitch so much that I should be fouled out. I'm off the wall. Cons- 
consistently going off and I only miss the moon cause I belong with the stars you think your team hard we terror behind the walls eastern state penitentiary nigga nothing but bars call it sushi that fucking sushi that fucking sushi that 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 sushi that fucking sushi I'm the motherfucking nicest dudes that tend to hate realize I've been this great these other rappers style so pussy now let me penetrate all of them then throw them fucks away won't see another day cherry bomb flow will even make Joan Jet run away I got a brand new idea turn on the lunch and eat with my peers bunch of men acting like bitches all I see is a bunch of Medeas Casablanca bitch I'm in here take your chick and force her to tears when I hit the bitch with a dick that's bigger than Justin Bieber's career I'm the silliest grizzliest prettiest and the grittiest I look in the mirror and see a demon like insidious I'm overlooked but soon to be overbooked unshook and still I am uncooked but you can call it sushi that fucking sushi, that fucking sushi, that sushi, that fucking sushi, that fucking sushi, that sushi, that fucking sushi, that fucking sushi, that sushi, that fucking sushi. Sought out a nurse, Tracy Lynn Gordon, who lives her wife as a woman. But I say that because initially, when the, when this case first came out, they reported her by her dead name, Morris Garner, when she's a transgender woman. And as we stated in a case before, that media sometimes misgenders transgender people in the media. So, uh, Kamara Gordon, a model had sought out Tracy Lynn Garner for illegal silicone butt-pumping injections to enhance her natural curves. Cromora drove to Garner's home in Mississippi with her friend to have the procedure performed. She became ill a few hours after and her friend called Garner asking what to do. Garner told them to buy some cough medicine and that she would be fine. Garner was not fine. She died at a hospital a few days later. Police say a woman named Pebbles whose real name is Natasha Stewart, acted as a go-between for Garner and the woman who sought illegal services. It is alleged that Komora Gordon and Pebbles communicated via Twitter, and Komora traveled to New York to meet Pebbles in person. There, Komora said that she gave Pebbles $200 for a referral to Tracy Glenn Garner. And after that interaction, she got in touch with Tracy and, and wound up dying eight days after the procedure. And this happened in Jackson in 2012. Tracy Garner was surprisingly quickly arrested and convicted of the murder caused by reckless disregard for human life. I say surprisingly because, you know, how our system works. But hey, black trans women, they picked her up quick. It's unknown how long and how many people she's done this procedure to. It's hard to narrow down because black market cosmetic surgeries are on the rise. <laughs>
Hollywood, so now millions of women are getting plastic surgery to be, well, up with Hollywood. But there are some things that are going awry with getting the perfect booty. And here to break down... According to the American Society of Plastic Surgeons, doctors were performed more than 3,700 legal enhancement procedures last year, which generated more than $17 million in revenues. As the average fee for a legal butt implant operation is around $4,670. Although legitimate plastic surgeons perform butt injections using patients' own fat cells as well as performing lifts and implant operations, doctors do not inject silicone directly into the body because the material was never intended to be directly injected into the body. Silicone used in these procedures are put in a protective sack and then put into the body. Now the reason people are going to these black market backwater fucking <laughs> procedures is because that they're seemingly more affordable. I did have hips and a butt, just not the projection from the side that I wanted. Gotcha. And so it, I went from a natural 40 to a 42. And I was happy at first with the results. You know, I learned of him through the strip club because my ex worked in a strip club mm -hmm. and all the girls had these big old butts. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, you know? And something like that can make another woman feel like she's not enough, like insecure and uh -huh. making you feel like you need more. Uh -huh. Not just for your man, but for yourself, you know? Hmm. Yeah. And so then Janelle had a problem when she got pregnant. So these people are blinded by their dreams of getting a better body that they don't take in all the risks of getting a, a, a $800 butt injection versus a legitimate $4,000 one in the office. Many women have died from illegal cosmetic procedures performed by quote-unquote doctors who claim to be licensed, but in reality, they're just unlicensed everyday people with a syringe and zero conscience. When liquid silicone is injected freely into the body, it is much more dangerous than when a person gets implants where the silicone gel is confined within the shell. However, many women, and even men, there was once a guy who got his testicles sealed with silicone, are attracted to these so-called black market procedures because they happen to be much cheaper than implants. These are illegal and, you know, hey, fuck the law, the government shut down right now, but some things are illegal for a reason. It is hard to get the exact number of how many people are going under the metaphorical knife, but it's believed that these cases are on the rise. The culture has shifted from internet forums to the dark web and are mostly now word of mouth like how Mrs. Gordon got in contact with Garner. She heard from a friend, got in contact with Pebbles, and Pebbles got her in contact with Garner. Success stories of black market plastic surgery procedures are rare, but as more and more people turn to them, doctors say they are seeing more and more cases where these procedures have led to serious medical conditions, such as staph infections or even death. If the needle hits a blood vessel, the silicone can enter the bloodstream and work its way to the lungs. When you put that large amount of silicone, it can drift easily too. If I fill your butt with like a large amount of silicone out of a shell, it can easily run down your leg and you'll have to get your leg cut off. And it's not only like working class people who are turning to these backwoods fucking pumping parties where you get your ass filled with like Sabet and Krispy Kreme. Uh, Cardi B, everyone knows Cardi B. I was born to flex. Yes. Diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets. I like more than sex. But nothing in this world that I like more than checks. Money. All I really want to see is the money. 
I don't really need a D, I need a All a bad bitch need is a with GQ that about four years ago she got a butt injection from someone in their basement for 800 bucks. She said it was crazy painful uh, and it felt like she was going to pass out and she felt dizzy. She said afterwards for five days her injections leaked so she was just leaking like silicone and butt juice out her butt for five days which is horrific in and of itself. Luckily she didn't die because we wouldn't get the song money. Stories have come out about how these cosmetic procedures have become more common in recent years with people hosting pumping parties in hotel rooms and basements and they're using any old material that you can get like Home Depot, like instant cement and crap like that and they're getting infections, blood clots and some people are dying. Along with Gordon, there have been five other women who sadly lost their lives to fake injections. Uh, Kelly Mayhaw, a 34-year-old BET employee, died hours after receiving silicone injections from an unlicensed doctor in Queens. Uh, Claudia R. I'm going to mess up this last name. Arda Toomey was a British student who traveled from London to Philadelphia for silicone injections and later died when the silicone moved to her lungs and stopped her heart. She was only 20. With Keisha Ride, after receiving what her family members say was her fourth black market butt injection, the 34-year-old mother was found dead in a shady salon run by unlicensed doctors. Uh, Joy Williams, the 23-year-old British Nigerian woman, traveled to Bangkok for a cheap butt injection, and she later died after her wounds became infected. Uh, Tamara Bland uh, was a 22-year-old woman and a part-time college student. She was found convulsing on the bed inside a, a Liberty Inn hotel after receiving butt injections. According to the New York Daily News, Bland's mother said that she was looking for her for five days and only received information about her death when, a when, uh, when she got a bill from the morgue. Now let's get back to the case at hand. Everything actually went like really fast and really smooth when it came to this case. Natasha Stewart, an adult actress known as Pebbles, was convicted of manslaughter in this case and received seven years in prison. She tried to appeal it a couple of times, but it didn't go through. Uh, Garner was initially identified as a man, Morris Garner, after her arrest, but her attorney confirmed that she had underwent sexual reassignment surgery and to call her a she. Garner Chow, her lawyer, suggested that Gorton, the victim, actually wanted what Garner had to offer. Quote, she wanted this underground bargain basement butt injection, Coletti said. He also stated that Gordon had other injections that could have caused her death and argued that the silicone found in Gordon's body didn't match the silicone that was seized in Garner's Jackson home. Quote, we don't know how much she's gotten before she came to Mississippi. Uh, we don't know what silicone killed her. But besides all that smoke and mirrors bullshit, she was convicted of the depraved hearted murder and conspiracy to commit wire fraud and sentenced to life in prison. Uh, for those who don't know, depraved hearted murder is a killing caused by a reckless disregard for human's life. Barber, who was Gardner's friend, well, Gordon's friend, testified that her friend thought that Garner was a registered nurse, but it turns out that Garner worked only in a cafeteria at her nursing home, which is why she had scrubs. If they're gonna go see a doctor, don't just assume they're a doctor because they have scrubs. I can buy scrubs, and I ain't shit. Gordon, well, hey, I mean, okay, karma came around because Gordon died in prison uh, from silicone embolism in her lungs. So it's 
presumed because nothing officially came out that the silicone that she injected within herself over the years traveled to her lungs and took her out so karma got something for that ass garner was taken from central mississippi correctional facility to a hospital in jackson where she was pronounced dead sunday morning the department of corrections did not elaborate on the circumstances around the inmate's death but again it's assumed that the silicone was what killed her and that's all I have for you today on this case. Uh, so, you know, follow us on all the social medias. Instagram, Bruh's a Murder. Facebook, Bruh's a Murder. Twitter, Murder Bruh. We are everywhere you can find our podcast. We have gotten some amazing five-star reviews. So please review us, even if it's not good, whatever you want. But if you do give me a five-star review and email me, I'll... I'll send you a picture of my areolas. I I really don't care. But (laughs) stick around for the first installment of Bruh is an Artist by my co-host Alex Acevedo, who couldn't be here right now because, you know, his wife's pregnant. They just bought a home and we're about to deploy. So we have a lot going on. So, yeah, stick around. And in the future, next month, Black History Month, our pre-recorded episodes are coming out so again if you hear us make really dumb references that's because they were recorded (laughs) this month and not that month of but next time you hear our authentic in the moment voices we'll be in a different country so stay safe out there i cannot wait to hear back from you all i love you and stick around What's up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new segment I like to call Bruh is an Artist. Now, this is a solo one. Just going to be me, Alex. Uh, You're not going to get Andre in this one because, you know, he does his little creepy, you know, this crabby pastas. So, uh, but we got something very special for you guys today. We have the walkarounds on our podcast. Can you guys believe it? Uh... Oh, <laughs> uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello everyone. I'm uh, Connor, lead guitarist of the Walkarounds. Glad to be here. Thank you for having me, Alex. This is uh, dope. Oh man, I found these guys not too long ago, and I absolutely fell in love. I um, I've been playing the music on repeat. I uh, I think uh, my favorite Thanks. is Jan. I just I love that song. That song is awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so it's actually interesting you guys aren't too far from where i actually live uh you guys are from jackson right yep yep yeah so not too far from where we're at so um i'm gonna ask you guys a couple uh, i'm gonna ask you a couple questions and um you know you fire them back at me all right <laughs> all right all right okay so um my first question you know is uh what drew you to the music industry um I'm just going to speak on the band's behalf. They're not here with me, but um, the thing that drew us to the music industry was, I mean, the main reason is it music's like an outlet for us. 
you know? Like, we let our emotions flow through, you know, music, you know, whatever. Rage, love, lust, doesn't really matter. Just, it all comes out, so, you know, it's better just to take it out through music than on self-destructive things or or people or whatever, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm that way when it comes to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet. Um, so my second question is, uh, uh, who are you guys inspired by? Like, what what gets motivated? Hmm. The thing that inspires us the most, really, is you know, like musicians, musicians that are very like passion oriented ones that when you go to their shows you feel the music and you feel what they're talking about uh, like real musicians mm-hmm. you know not some like stupid uh am i allowed to curse on this oh sure man i curse all the time uh, okay. <laughs> all right uh you know not some stupid like fucking phony people like who's someone that's phony like you know what I'm trying to say someone who's like overproduced auto-tuned fake nothing real Um, like real people I mean but if we're talking about like bands that are influential to us and inspired us it's uh I mean anything from Beethoven to Nirvana but mainly Nirvana oh wow we all love Nirvana to death uh Guns N' Roses uh Led Zeppelin oh my god Led Zeppelin huge influence uh, Jesus. they definitely okay. inspired a lot For, you got from the, you got the rain from beethoven to led zeppelin i love it <laughs> i love it we're um, everywhere you, you your music actually uh it actually like when i listen to it, it it's a lot to what i the music i actually listen to which is like um catfish in the bottle man uh the unlucky oh, yeah. candidates yeah, your music is like I once when I first heard it, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe these guys aren't huge yet." Like, like the fact that you guys only have like fifteen thousand listens and then like listens, like I'm really surprised. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't even I don't really understand it because you know we have, I mean, Left Alone hit like twelve thousand views yesterday morning, and like Room is another song off of our album that's only at like one hundred and seventy. So it's weird how it's like certain songs. Yeah, I recently just listened to because I went. I was on uh, SoundCloud and my wife hates me right now because we're on nine out. We're on nine hour drive, right? And I am just listening to your music the entire way. I was like, she was like, "Are you gonna put anything else on?" I was like, "Not today." <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. That's so cool. I don't think anybody's ever said that to me personally or to us. Um. Okay. Let's move on. All right, so um, just just trying to explain your creative process. Like, what is like the normal thing you guys go through when you're creating a song? Oh, it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Because, uh, all right, so basically what happens is someone comes up with a riff or an idea or, you know, Matt comes up with a drum pattern or Tyler's playing a dope, you know, riff on the bass or whatever. Someone comes up with something, right? And uh, we jump on it and we collab. And then if that comes out to something, then it, it, we move on and it keeps going. And we keep putting in, you know, little like nooks and crannies here and there. Like, 
the first thing that comes to mind when I'm talking about like all of us collaborating in the, the song Point Place Girls, there's a stop where Matt hits the hi-hat and like, I think it's like two minutes in or something. That, he came up with that and like we were trying to do it for so long. It took us like an hour to get that and uh, it came out so sick. Once we finally got it, we all looked at each other and we were smiling and laughing and yelling. It was great. I honestly, when I heard that, I, I, it's kind of strange because like you bring it up, I was sitting in the middle of a military base and I'm listening to that song and um, I noticed it. Like it actually really stood <laughs> out and it kind of like it really did. And uh, I was like, wow, this is, I, I just like, I was like, this is, this is huge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's very weird. Like where um, it's kind of like someone has an idea, like, you know, do you do this and I'll do that. And then we put it together and it's like, it's like holy fucking shit. What the fuck? <laughs> you guys work really well together and it really shows. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I feel all that too. We definitely have the chemistry. I don't know. I don't even know how, like, we all linked up. It's crazy how, like, I mean, I met Donovan. Donovan's the singer. And uh, he plays rhythm guitar. But I met him. I mean, I just turned 18 yesterday, so that's crazy. <laughs> but we met, like, six, seven years ago through Instagram. Okay. And now we're just, we're making music every day. That's insane that you guys, like, uh... It's crazy how it works. Well, it's crazy that you're 18, man. That's awesome. Like, I'm, <laughs> I, know. I, miss, I miss being 18. <laughs> I mean, I'm not too much older. I'm 22, but, uh... Oh, <laughs> man, things have changed. I'm married. I got a house now. Oof. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of cool that you guys, um... You guys met that way. Um, so... I'm gonna do one more question, and then... We're going to go to like a break. I'm going to play the song, uh, one of your songs, and then we're going to come back, ask questions, and um, we're going back. All right? Okay. All right. So what's an average day like for you guys? Like for you personally, what is like a day for you? For me, an average day is waking up to an alarm clock at 530 in the morning, being pissed off because I got to get up at 530. Jump in the shower, eat something, drive to school, go to school, go to work, go home, sleep, and repeat. It's really what it is. The grind. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to break now. You're going to be able to hear their song, East Coast Love. Remember, it's by the walkarounds. I'm going to make sure you can find them everywhere around our pages. You're going to be able to find their links to SoundCloud, Instagram, the whole nine. I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Try to 
from break and i hope you love that song it is absolutely amazing (laughs) all their songs are amazing all right so we're gonna get back into the questions we're gonna hit it hard so what advice would you have for someone uh, wanting to follow in your footsteps like trying to play the same music or you know go along the same route from jersey um The advice I would give to, you know, people trying to follow our footsteps is the one crucial mistake that we've made so far is we've tried to be too professional, you know? Okay. So I would say for, you know, up and coming bands, don't take everything too seriously. Obviously, you need uh, professionalism in your music and the way you uh, condone yourself around people in the music industry, but... You know, if everything's just professional and perfect, it's boring. You know what I mean? I, do, so. I get it. I get it. Well, uh, <clears throat> don't be too That's good advice. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, there's some people that are out there, like, you know, too being uh, too professional. And, uh, you know, it gets in their way of, you know, creativity. Yeah, it definitely. It adds a whole nother level of stress that you just don't need. <laughs> so uh, just, just gotta let, let it loose. flow free. Yeah, let loose, let <laughs> it flow, you know. Chill out. Now, now, I do have my own questions, and this is uh, this is interesting. So, um, what what song was it? I'm sorry, it was a Jailhouse Tattoo. I think it was the uh-huh. guitar in that song is a. Ama- I literally, I I love that fucking guitar in that that song. <laughs> Thank you. Oh uh, man, that was the first song we ever recorded, actually. Really? Yeah, that was about that was a good one. You know, early summer, two thousand seventeen. 
Really? So. You guys are that new? You guys are that, um, like, you guys together, you guys are that new? Yeah, I mean, we've been playing, I mean, the walk-arounds has had multiple different lineups with different people, but before we were even okay. out playing shows and stuff, but this current lineup has been around for probably about, you know, close to two years now, so. All right, all right. So, do you collaborate with others, or do you know, do you want to collaborate with others? From my own personal opinion, yes, I would definitely love to collaborate with uh, other people. I'm sure the rest of the band would as well. But right now, I just, I don't think, we're keeping everything in-house right now. Definitely. Definitely understand that. You don't want to have too many hands in the the pot. (laughs) Yeah, too many hands in the cookie jar, you know. It's not the way to go. Exactly. So, um, have you ever dealt with like performance anxiety? Cause I know you said you had uh previous lineups and stuff like that. Now, have you ever like got like anxiety before performing? Um, I used to, me personally, I used to, uh, but yeah, definitely. I mean, we still get it from time to time. The most stressful thing about all of it though, is like getting everything ready, getting to the gig on time. But uh, once we jump on stage, it's a little nerve-wracking, especially if there's a big crowd, because, you know, it's just a lot of people. You don't want to disappoint, but, you know, after after the first couple measures into the song, it's just like, all that goes away, and you're just up there rocking and headbanging and going crazy stuff. I mean, definitely, definitely, before you get on stage, it's nerve-wracking, and then once you're on stage, it's cool. I'm not, you know, I don't play any instruments, but I bet being up there feels amazing. You know, you got everyone like, uh, you know, fanning out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, it's a crazy feeling. It's very surreal. I can't even really describe it. You just have to like experience it. Okay, okay. So, uh, how do you feel about your fans? Like, you think you're if you got a guy's fan base? You think they're really cool people? Um, our <laughs> fan base is is small but everyone that i've talked to all of our fans are amazing they're lovely they're so supportive you know we're not very known right now i mean we're locally we're known but um all the fans everyone we've encountered has been great supportive and uh, you know we definitely really appreciate that i've seen uh you know i was looking on um i was looking on here and uh, I was looking through some of your comments. You know, I see some comments like, um, like this group is underrated and uh, just fire emoji, fire emoji, you know, <laughs> all those great things. And how does it feel to read those comments? Like to actually see that people are reading or listening to your music and, you know, they're actually willing to give that, that feedback to you. Oh, man, it's like, it's one of the best feelings ever. You know, you, you make your songs, we make our songs, and uh, we put our time and our effort and our emotions into it, and it helps us cope with whatever is going on in our lives, and to have other people relate to that and respect that and enjoy it, it's just, I couldn't ask for anything more, we couldn't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, I, you know, we've been doing this podcast for, 
a little bit now and uh we got some comments don't get me wrong we're not you know we don't get those like your comments we're not underrated or anything but um <laughs> we got some few ones and I, I gotta tell you when i read those it just it lights me up man i just can't just, you do it for them <laughs> yeah i mean it's crazy to see support from people that like you don't even know so i feel that i feel uh, that I respect so, uh, that. I honestly didn't even know about this podcast. Sorry to cut you off. I didn't even know about oh, no, this, no. this existed. Yeah, so. no. Um, so basically, this podcast is a um, it's a true crime podcast. So it sheds light on you know pot cases, and you know we we like to we, we like to joke around while being serious, and you know we like to call our our, our, our podcast a comedy podcast as well as uh, <laughs> you know getting some you know musicians out there. We have some we have some good musicians that we put in our breaks and uh you know we shout them out but uh i love i love finding bands that should be huge and putting them on so i started this mini episode and the, you know bruh is an artist so i can you know fully give an entire episode to the artist because you guys really deserve it thank you that's amazing i mean this is never, I mean, nobody's ever approached us to do an interview or anything like this. So thank you for that, sincerely. Um, we all really appreciate this and what you're doing. And, uh, you're, you're crazy, man. Thank you for being on this artists. show. Thank you for being on this <laughs> show, man. You're insane. Thank you. You guys are like next level kind of music. All right. Thank so you. what is next for you guys? Like, what are you trying to get in the future? Oh, man. What's next? I mean, I would hope one day we uh we all joke around about it. We always we always say we want to play Wembley. Wembley. Yeah, that's okay. that's the biggest goal of us. Wow. To play Wembley. But, now, I I had wondered, and I don't know how you guys haven't heard about this. Maybe you have. Um, you know, one hundred four point five. Uh, they have these contests every year. And it's kind of like, um, it's, I'm, I don't want to say Battle of the Bands, because it's not really Battle of the Bands, but it's like, I guess it is. But, like, you get to play on, like, on stage with a bunch of people, like a big, big name artist. I can't believe uh-huh. that you guys will have your name in that hat, that, that ring. You guys would white I didn't even house. know about that until now. Yeah, they do um, free concerts uh-huh. every year. Uh, they do summer, they do summer block parties. And they hold a contest to see who's the, the best in Philly or New Jersey. Um, and then, uh, you know, they have Wintered Fest and stuff like that. So, but you guys should definitely check that out because they do, do that during the summer times. Definitely. I mean, I'll probably shoot them an email right after this. <laughs> so thank you for telling me about that. So that, that, that'd be dope. Um, yeah. We're actually in a contest right now. It's uh, Rock to the Top. Oh, really? Stone Pony. Yeah, All we right. got a gig right. coming up on the 27th. We're playing at 1 o'clock-ish. So, it's the semifinals, too. So, only three bands make it. And I think there's, like... You said the 27th, right? Maybe. 27th at the Stone Pony. 1 you o'clock. You guys heard it here. The 27th at the Stone the Stone Pony. You gotta go. You gotta see them, all right? You gotta make sure you guys go and give them support. Because they need it. Give it to them. You know what I'm saying? yes yes thank you um so this is this is like one of my favorite questions and uh i love to hear what musicians you know what they feel about their own music like 
when you're when you're playing your music how does that make you feel like are you just like in the moment and you're just like actually grooving to it you can actually listen to it yourself and just love it when i'm listening to you know our album i honestly don't even think it's us you know it's it's it just sounds so amazing it's it was recorded and mixed by bob pantella and uh JD John to serve you. Okay. Uh, he's in Black Label Society. He's the bass player, and Bob's in Monster Magnet, and they phenomenal job, phenomenal musicians as well. They uh they made us sound great, and the thing, the greatest thing about that is they didn't push anything on us when we were recording. Wow. You know, we just went in there and we did what we wanted to do, and it came out the way we. I mean, it didn't even come out the way we expected. They came out better than we expected. Yeah. Okay. There yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but listening to our own music, it's uh, it's, I mean, hell, I even relate to it. You know? <laughs> and we wrote it like. Sometimes I just don't even think it's us because it, I think it just sounds amazing. I gotta be I'm honest. Very proud of. I gotta be honest. Sorry album. to cut you off. I gotta be honest with you. Okay. You guys, just this first. Uh, this this album you got of yours is just amazing. Not one of these songs I can't say that I did I dislike. Honestly, going through the entire album, it is wall to wall just great music, and I can you know I can relate to every single bit of it. And I I, I know so other much. people out here can do too, as well. <laughs> thank you, thank. You. Seriously, thank you so much for that. I mean, it just it means so much more than. I mean, when people say stuff like that and uh, you saying that, it just, it means so much more than everybody knows to all of us. Thank you. No problem, man. Um, I know you said you play at Webley, but like anywhere else, would you play, like, if you could play one other place than that, where would it be? Um, PNC. All right. All right. Yeah. Forget what town that's in. It's on the Garden State Park. Yeah, it's in Trenton. Oh no, Camden. Sorry, it's in Camden. I believe, right? Yeah. I don't even know. The PNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, the Bank Center, right? Yeah, PNC. Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. We could play there. <laughs> I mean, got to hit one on four point five up, man. Utterly insane. <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll you know help us out a little bit, give us some airplay. I remember I saw uh, Twenty One Pilots when they were on the side stage. They were a little band. And now, you know, they're this huge freaking global band. It's insane. Oh, my God. They're huge. <laughs> I've seen so many people come from the, the, the little stage and come to the big stage. I just, musicians, seeing musicians play live is really special because you get to see someone who's putting their all into it. They're, you know, they're not holding back. They're putting all their effort, all their love, all their anger, and all their joy. They're putting it into their or, you know, their listeners to enjoy. Definitely, you know, you go up there and you just play your heart out, you know. It's, for us, it's just, it's everything we've ever wanted to do. So being able to do it, it's just, it's amazing to be able to get up there and play and have people understand it and like it, you know. It's just, there's nothing like it. You can't compare it to anything else. So, this is the, you know, this is the 
unfortunately, guys, this is the end of the interview. I know. Save your alls. Um, but is there anything you want to put out here? Is there anything, you know, you got some new songs coming out. I know you got the thing on the 27th at the Stone Pony. You know, is there anything else that you would like to put out? Um, I would say the future holds great things for us, and we're going to be here for a long time. So stay tuned and uh, keep up to date with us. And thank you all for the support. We love you all, even if we don't know you. We do love you. And, uh, you know, thank you once again. All right. This has been an interview with The Walkarounds. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was our first ever they had the pleasure of being the first band on here. You know, I can't thank them enough for coming on and dealing with my really, really bad, uh, you know, remote recording uh, site. Uh, we're going to get that fixed in the future. You guys won't notice it because it's going to be fixed in editing. But, you know, got to give it up to them for being the number one. Uh, so tune in next time when we have another band on here. I don't know who it's going to be. Right, we out of here. This podcast is part of the Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network. Colored Commentary Network, where inclusivity matters.